it's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Turn our eyes. That song is awesome. Um, I love that song. And it's what, what do we declare God to be? I wonder what you're declaring God to be right at this moment. Is he the God that's let you down this week? Is he the God that's distant? Is he the God that we sing about but he's not actually... Really, I'm not feeling him right now. I'm not sure what you're declaring him, but I think we need to declare him as being the God who is present, the God who is alive, the God who is real. So would you do me a favour? I don't know if you're, I'm allowed to do that, but the boss isn't here. So, um, But how about, can you just stand up for me? Um, and I, I don't know what you do, whether you close your eyes or lift your hands or something, but I, I reckon that we need to declare some stuff over this place today. I think we need to declare that he is the King of Kings. And I think we need to declare that he is the creator God who created heaven and around us. We need to declare that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. We need to tell the, the things around us, the spirits around us, the, the um, attitudes that we've carried, the things that we've got. Maybe we need to declare right now that we're not standing there anymore. We're standing with the King. We're standing with, with the one who is the creator. We're going to be standing with the one who is the healer. We're going to acknowledge that the Holy Spirit, who is the gift to the church, the person of the Trinity, is actually here today. And he wants to be in us. And he wants to be part of us. I'm going to share some thoughts. But listen, it's the Spirit of God that wants to do something. So wherever you want to close your eyes, that might be easier, make you feel more comfortable. And how about, I should have some music or something. Get up here. Put some music on. The boss isn't here. Come on. Let's. This just, I just want you to start declaring things that you come to mind about who God is, okay? Speak it out. It's something about the spoken word that's powerful. It turns a whole ship around, it says in James. The word and the tongue is a powerful thing. So how about just shout it out. Don't worry about the people next to you. Um, if they don't like it, tell them to... Don't worry. Oh, we're going to talk into the heavenly realms. So how about together, let's just speak out all together in one big hit who He is. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the creator of heaven and earth. He is the mighty God. He is the one that is the beginning and He is the end. He is the King. He is our Saviour. He's the one who is called the, the lover of our lives. That Jesus Christ, you are the Son of the living God. That you are the Messiah. That you are the one that walked on earth. You are the healer. You are the life giver. You are the one that is perfect. And you did die on the cross. And you did rise again. And you, you conquered the, the sin in our lives. And we come before you because you are. You are our Saviour. And we say, Holy Spirit, we acknowledge that you are the gift of God. You are the good gift of heaven. You are the good gift of the Father who has been given to us. And we invite you now to break all strongholds of depression, all strongholds of worry, all strongholds of anxiety. We say, break those in our lives right now. Turn our spirit and fill it with yourself because you are here. You are here. You are the way maker. You are the miracle worker. And we're going to believe in that today. 
We're not looking at circumstances. We're not looking at, at problems. We are looking to You, mighty God, Creator. We're looking to You. Just sense you want to pour fresh gifts upon this church. You want to pour fresh gifts. We don't just want to do the actions. We want to know the power of the person and the presence of the Holy Spirit. We want to give you church gifts that are going to bring the kingdom of earth, the kingdom of heaven to earth. We want to release gifts. And we say, God, do that in this place. We're going to take a license today, Lord God, and just say, we just want to come right into that holy place. We're going to step into that holy place. Oh, Jesus. We want to step into that holy place. We don't just want to receive head stuff. I want to receive you, Almighty God, to become part of us. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, shut up, Papa. Thank you, God. Bless your name. Oh, amen. Are you believing for something big? Are you believing? You're not? At least one person is. I want that one. Okay, you can sit down. Uh, not from me. Don't believe it from me. But God wants to do, He doesn't want us just to gather together just to hear a great message. Well, an okay message and sing some good songs, right? Because if that was the case, you can do that on a podcast. He wants to do that right here in this place today. And if you're listening on the podcast, which I hope that you are, I'm, I'm just saying right now, just believe for God. Believe for God to do something. Start believing that God's going to do something. Because He is. Hey, that's, uh, it's, it's great to be here. And that's not what I'm preaching on, but I got excited. Um, but I want us to go to the Word right now. Let's go straight into Scripture. Before we do anything else, let's go straight into the Scripture that I want to show you. Now, this is a Scripture that was written by a guy called Paul. Paul, who was once Saul, who was around killing everybody, um, because especially the Christians, because see, he was a Jewish believer and he was quite high up in the church or in the synagogue system. And he didn't like what these new Christians are coming in and they're bringing in this whole new way of thinking. And they really thought that it was anti-God. And so they came along and he went around killing a whole bunch. Until you know the story, probably, he was going along to Damascus ready to take out most of the disciples. And he's on his way and, uh, and he, got, he got a God download. He came along and all of a sudden, wham, bam, he's on the ground blind. And, uh, and everybody around is going, hooly, dooly, what's going on there? And he's, he's there and he hears the voice of God. And from that moment on, this guy called Saul, who was a mighty, well-respected warrior, is now on his knees blind with nothing. And God speaks to him. He says, Paul, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He has an encounter with Jesus, who's now in heaven with his father, but comes and actually visits, visits Saul. Yeah, some of you need a visitation. You need a personal visitation. Maybe you had one back and you need to keep going back to that, that one that you had years ago. I remember very clearly when I had the presence of God just fill a room. Um, and I'll never forget it because it's my soul experience. Maybe you had a soul experience. And anyway, Saul's there and he starts going around 
um, really leading the church. He was the one that from that moment ended up taking a great revival. Him and the other apostles, but Paul especially, started to change the whole thinking of what it really meant to follow Jesus. So he's done that all. He's, he's actually even been a, the, one of the, the guys that brought Christianity or the persons of, of presence and relationship of God into the Gentiles, which is totally radical. And that's what he did. And he's coming to the end of his life. He knows that. It's been prophesied. He's been told a number of times, a number of times that you're going to come into, into um, your persecution and you're actually going to be, you're going to die. He knew he was coming to the end. He knew that he was on his way to Rome. He knew that he was going there to actually get a sentence where they would put him to death. He was ready for that. And so he's just about to leave Ephesus and he decides that he's going to pull together all of those who are believers in that area because he's been there for three years. And so he's actually built up this church there and he wants to bring the leaders together and speak to them. And I've got a feeling he might want to speak to us today. And I want to hear what God would say through this guy called Paul as he writes to the church in Ephesus. Let's go to Acts 20. It's only a small part of the scripture I want to show you. But it's Acts 20, verse 24. And it goes like this. But my life is worth nothing. Everyone say nothing. Nothing. My life is worth nothing. Nothing. I've been reading a book at the moment, which actually, one of the quotes, which is a great quote for me, which says, I've been very busy being preaching, I've been very busy um, mentoring, and I've been very busy leading, and I've been very busy doing all this stuff, and I've used all my energy, but do I have enough energy to be nothing? That's pretty powerful. I'll leave that one with you. Anyway, so he says, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. How many school teachers here? Yeah? Yeah? All right, a few here, right? Imagine you, had a, imagine you had a student that came along and said, my, work, my life is worth nothing unless I finish the assignment that my teachers have given me. Hey, wouldn't that be freaky? You go, what's wrong with this boy? I didn't say that to my teachers. I used to say I am worth nothing if I do it. Um, and now I know that none of you to whom I have preached the kingdom will ever see me again. He was expecting to die. He knew that he was leaving there and he wasn't coming back. His life was coming to the end. So this is his last time to actually speak into these leaders. And what's he talking about? He's talking about his assignment. I declare today that I've been faithful. If anyone suffers eternal death, it's not my fault. For I didn't shrink from declaring all that God wants you to know. So guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased with 
his own blood over which the Holy Spirit has anointed you as leaders. Today I want to talk to you about your assignment. I want to talk to you about what is your God-given assignment. Has anyone watched, I, I like spy movies, especially James Bond. Now I get really, really annoyed because my wife actually doesn't believe James Bond is real. And he is, right? Just in case you didn't know that. But there's another one was Mission Impossible. Right, you know the one? So Mission Impossible, especially if you saw them when Hunt has to, Ethan Hunt has to climb out of the window, hey, in Dubai, the glass window, and he's got the the special gloves on and one drops and and then comes the the sandstorm, remember that? Or when he was in Sydney on his motorbike and he has a a standoff with the other motorbike. I thought that was pretty cool. Think about the original Mission Impossible going back to 1966, which I wasn't a teenager then. Um, But the Mission Impossible, the old one, the original one that was on TV, and they had this tape recorder. Now, for those that don't know what a tape recorder is, it's a little box and it has these little things and a little, right? This tape recorder. And, they, and the top of the, the, the leader of um, MIF, IMF, MIF, IMF. I forgot what it's called now. Anyway, anyway, the special group that was for the impossible missions, the missions impossible force, right? And the, the leader has to go along and he, he gets the mission. So he goes to a secret place. Usually there's just a low light and, there's a, and maybe a swinging light or something. And he's there and he gets the message on the tape. How frustrating because you only get to hear it once and you don't have a pen to write it down. So what if you get it wrong? And he's there and he's listening to this tape and it says, your mission, if you choose to accept, is to. And then it goes with all this detail. And then the thing says, in 10 seconds, this will self-destruct and it starts to smoke. I mean, don't look yet. I just haven't quite got the... See, Moses had the same issue, right? Only his was a burning bush. It wasn't a smoking tape recorder. These guys had a mission that was given to them. You have a mission. You have an assignment that's been given to you for your life. And that assignment gives you purpose. That assignment gives you a reason to live. You see, I am nothing without my assignment. You've got an assignment over your life. And I think sometimes we miss that. See, in the Scripture, you see all these different people had assignments. Moses had an assignment. He didn't like it at first because he messed it up, but he had an assignment. Come now, therefore, and I will send you unto Pharaoh that you may bring forth my people. Your assignment is to bring my people. Then you had Joshua had an assignment. Joshua was to actually take them over to the promised land because Moses wasn't going to be able to do that. So Joshua, you have an assignment. And God said to him, you will take my people over the Jordan River to the promised land. David had an assignment. 
It wasn't killing Goliath. His assignment was to lead God's people as king and actually to be the forerunner to Jesus' coming. He had an assignment. Solomon, his son, messed up later, but he had an assignment. His assignment was to build the temple that David couldn't build. He had an assignment, a God-given, God-designed, God-fulfilled assignment that was given to him. And God gave him all the resources to do it. You can keep going. Jeremiah had an assignment. Jonah had the assignment. Had to go in a fish to do it, but he had an assignment. He had an assignment to tell Nineveh that they could be saved. He didn't like that job either, but he had a job to do. He had an assignment. Keep going. You've got, uh, keep, I've got John the Baptist. He had an assignment. Prepare the way of the Lord was his assignment. So he was going baptizing people, getting people ready for Jesus to come. The cousin of Jesus, here he was, and he had an assignment. And even when he was in prison, he said to his disciples, can you just go and check to see if Jesus was really the one that I actually came to tell people was coming? He had an assignment. And when he found out that he was, he knew that his job had been finished. Hence, he had his head chopped off. Um, We won't go down there. What about you? What's your assignment? You see, you've been given an assignment. Ephesians tells us this. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, what to do? To do good work, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. You have an assignment to walk in. And I want to talk to you about that assignment because I think that sometimes as what we call church or the gathering, I like to call it these days, I think we've, we've got off track a little bit. I think we've got caught up again. And if you look at history of, of the church, you can see that we keep doing that. But I think we've become a little bit more focused. It's become more focused on the sermon and the sanctuary and the singing and all those S words. But I think we've, and not saying they're wrong, not saying they're wrong, but what I'm saying is that's not the assignment. That's the resource for the assignment. I think we've got caught up in corporate stuff where we've, and I've been part of it, and I think it's been good for us, but let's not make that the focus where we've got visions and mission statements and core values. But what's your assignment? This church has an assignment. I love your mission statement or the statement that you've got. Reach people, build people. It's great. That's your assignment. Why are you building people though? So the kingdom of God will come to earth. So we could change a nation. Do you know you've got an assignment? And when we can focus on the assignment, all of a sudden it gives you a reason to be. It gives you a reason to live. It gives you a reason to face difficult stuff. It gives you the reason to actually achieve some of the things that sometimes are hard to achieve. Why? Because you've got an assignment. Elevate. This church has a God-given, God-ordained assignment. And I think you know it. But don't go off track of it. But I want to go back to you, though. You have an assignment that God has given you. We need to find that assignment. I want to have a look at a few points today. The first one is, 
assignment gives life purpose. You see, Paul said, he said, my life is worth nothing unless I do my assignment. I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm finding a lot of people are struggling for self-worth in our society. They're trying to find a purpose in something. If life is about making money, getting a nice car, building a nice house, all of a sudden you get all that stuff and you're going, so is that it? Is there more? There is more. And it's actually to find out that you're here for a purpose, that you are valuable because God has a, an assignment. This is not just an idea. This is a kingdom of heaven. God created assignment that's just for you. That's why you're here. But hey, Steve, yeah, everyone's got jobs to do. Listen, if, if you became a Christian, the best place to be is dead. Just saying it. Just putting it out there, right? You were made to die, right? And when you die, that's when all, it all happens. That's when we're with the Father God. And, and depending on what your theology is, it's about heaven and hell. There's a, an eternity with God. So death is, is the prize, right? Victory is, over, is in death. So why keep us here? Why keep us? Why do we keep going back and saying, heal me again, heal me again, because I want to stay here longer, even though up there is better. Oh, I don't know why we do that. Let me tell you why you do it. Because you've got a job to do. You're here on earth for a purpose. If you're not a believer here today and you're just, gonna, you're just living the life, let me tell you there's an emptiness in that. But when we discover that I'm actually living here on earth with a purpose, with a design that makes me more than that, with an assignment. And my prayer today is the Holy Spirit will speak to you and say, I've got a special assignment that's designed for you. Do you know what that is? If you don't know what that is, I could go through how to find it. It's quite easy. Look at your passion. Look at what things make you angry. You watch TV, you get angry about something. That's probably because God's playing singular assignment on your heart. Look at your giftings. Look at your history, where you've come from. Your experiences were all there to design you. David was out in the paddock looking after sheep. God was preparing him for his assignment. Jesus spent 30 years as an anonymous person preparing him. Sorry, Jesus, yeah, God was preparing him and setting him up for his assignment, which went for three years. What's your assignment? Do you know it? Find it. Ask God for it. Look back at those prophetic words that were given to you. Number one is to make sure you know that you have an assignment. Max Licardo said this. He said, for years I thought my assignment or the church's assignment was to articulate the gospel and nothing more. Now I believe that if we don't support the verbal expression of the gospel with physical demonstration of compassion, we are not imitating Jesus. There's people in your workplace that need you to fulfill your assignment of loving, of caring, of having a listening ear. You are here on earth to bring the kingdom of God. That's your assignment. You're carrying the kingdom. That's your assignment. And you want to see this place start to get exciting, which it is. I think this is a great church. 
So you've got everything. Get onto assignment together as a body. Let's get onto assignment because you've got one. And Mark, I know he's got one. And I know that's where he wants to lead you. Let's get onto assignment and find out what that is. And then we start getting excited because we see it. And when it gets tough, we keep pushing through because we know we got the assignment. We know we got the assignment. We're going to keep going. So know your assignment. You have one. Assignment gives you strength to overcome. See, Paul said this. I mean, Paul faced lots of opposition. But he says, I did it in tears. In other words, he felt the pain of his assignment. But he was able to overcome. I, I'm preaching this to you, but I'm preaching it to me. Because in my season right now, some of you know my season, I'm in that season where I'm struggling. And I'm going, God, I need to get back to my assignment. You brought me here with an assignment. I'm not finished yet because I've still got air in my lungs. So I've still got time to do stuff. So what's my assignment, God? Because I came here to go for an assignment, not just to get a job and earn money. I've come here on earth with an assignment. God, open up the doors for the assignment you've given me. Because that's when you can overcome. I was a youth pastor until I was 40, right? That's an old youth pastor. And uh, some people still think I'm a bit childish. But at the age of 40, I was this youth pastor. And one of the things that I struggle with, has anyone here got struggle with claustrophobia? No? Oh, I scarcely even just thinking about it. I mean, there was a movie, a whole movie about a guy in a box. Did anyone see that? I mean, how can you make a whole movie about a guy buried in a box? I was freaky. I was stressed. I, I, oh, man. I had to see a psychologist after that. I, it was crazy. I don't like being in closed boxes or even in a closed space. I'll react. I can guarantee you. If you put me on the ground there, someone's going to get hurt, right? Because I just don't like being closed up. So I've got to be a youth pastor. You take kids on doing crazy things, abseiling, awesome, um, those types of great adventures. But going down a cave, that doesn't work, right? But I've got to do it because adventure stuff, but kids, we can overcome. Let's go down the cave. On the inside, I go, ah! We get down the cave. It's black. But it's okay because I can still see the steps out. And we climbed up this step. I think it was called Mammoth Cave or Giant Cave. And there's this step that you go up, and there's this gap about that big. I looked behind me to make sure that there was no one faster than me behind because that would have been scary. So I'm, I'm doing the right thing. Be positive. Come on, we can do this, kids. And on the inside, I go, oh, Lord God, why did I do this? And so I'm climbing through, right? I get through. I'm in now this space, and I can't put my head up. I can't stand up. It's just a really close space and I'm freaking and then Kim comes up behind me now Kim struggles a little bit he's got some um, some emotional and some mental disabilities that he's struggling with and uh, he's a beautiful boy I love him heaps and he he came up behind me and now him and I are in this closed in space and I'm trying to find my way out and get my torch and he starts freaking I'm freaking on the inside He's freaking on the outside. So he's going crazy. So what do I do? Say, okay, Kim, take a deep breath. Think of big open spaces. <laughs> I'm talking him through it. 
and I'm helping him get through it and I get him out the other side and he's great. Tell you what, I had an assignment that took the focus off me and put my focus on someone else. You see, when you've got an assignment, you will push till you overcome. When you've got that assignment, you will make it. Timothy was told this by Paul, his mentor. He said, Timothy, those, when they laid hands on you and you got your assignment, he didn't say it in these words. He said, that's, that's what you fight the enemy with, those prophetic words. That's a spiritual warfare plan. God, you have given me this assignment. So devil, you cannot take it away from me. You are no good. Sorry, devil. It doesn't work because God gave me assignment. And he said, I was. You got nothing. Sorry, got it wrong because my God has given me all these things I need to have to achieve my assignment. I want to suggest to you, know your assignment. You will overcome. You will overcome disappointment. You will overcome, you will overcome your, your, your lacks. You will overcome your worries. You will overcome your anxiety. Seek first the kingdom of God and do not worry about those things. Why? Because my Father in heaven will give you everything you need according to His riches in glory in Philippians 4.19. That's His promise. When you know your assignment, you become an overcomer. When you know your assignment, you align your relationships. If you notice this, when you're on assignment, when you're doing something, look at the people around you because that will tell you where you're heading. The people around you determine where you're heading. That's why you need to make sure you get the right people around you. That's why we come to a gathering like this. Why? Because you need people around you to keep you on assignment. You need people around you to encourage you. You need people around you to tell you you can do this. Paul aligned his relationship, his life, with the Father God. Listen to what he says here. Acts 20, 28. He says, so guard yourselves and God's people. Notice the shift in his mind. With whose people? Not my people. They're God's people. Why? Because I'm aligning myself with God. Then he goes on. Feed and shepherd who's God's flock. They're not mine. They're God's. In whose church? His church. Purchased with whose blood? His own blood. Over which the Holy Spirit. Again, Paul has aligned himself with Jesus Christ. When you go into assignment, you align yourself with the heart of God. David was a man after God's own heart. He was on assignment. And if you want to put it this way, he had the same heart that Jesus had because he chased after it. He was a man after God's own heart. He went for his heart. He went for the things that broke the Father's heart. He went for the things that worried him. Why did he, why did he knock that Goliath down? Because he saw that Goliath and he said, I, I know the heart of a God that's bigger than that Goliath. And I've aligned my life with that God. So therefore, this big Goliath is nothing because the one I'm aligned with is bigger. When you're on assignment, you align yourself with that who's given you that assignment. When you've got a God-given assignment, you can't help but align yourself with the Father God. I want to encourage you today. 
find your assignment. First of all, know you're on assignment. Secondly, that assignment gives you the ability to overcome. If, you, if you're stuck in a hole right now, it's probably because you're too busy looking at the hole, not looking at your assignment. And thirdly, we align ourselves with the same heart, with the same thoughts the Bible tells us about. We renew our thinking and we think differently because we're on an assignment. God has given you an assignment. He's saved you. If you're a believer today, he's given you a new life. He's given you a a key to the kingdom of heaven. But why have you got the key to the kingdom of heaven? Let me tell you, because you've got an assignment and you need those keys. You don't just have the keys for fun. You have the keys because you're on assignment. That school you're teaching at, that workplace you're working at, that shop that you're serving at, that, that business that you're working with, that's not just to give you an income. That's your assignment. And God wants you to be on assignment. Can I ask you to stand with me for a moment? You're going to ask Holy Spirit right now. You will speak to us. And I'm going to ask you in this room here and those who are listening on the podcast, if you do not know Jesus Christ and you're finding that your life is just going around with no real purpose and no real meaning except for self-indulgence and maybe you're feeling like there's nothing there anymore, And I'm going to invite you today to step into a relationship with Jesus. Because He will give you purpose. He will give you meaning. He's got an assignment designed just for you and no one else. So if you want to give your life to Jesus today, then all you have to do is make a simple prayer. Jesus, I come to you. I ask your forgiveness for living separate. Would you make it possible for me to live one? And I accept you into my life. And if you've already made that prayer in your life, then this is the challenge I've got for you today. Would you ask the Spirit of God in the next week to reveal to you, to remind you of the assignment that God has given you because He's given you an assignment. Maybe it was a prophetic word you got years back. Maybe it's, it's something that you, you were encouraged by someone else. Go back to that assignment. Or maybe you've never been cleared. I'm going to ask that the Holy Spirit will give you a prophetic word this week, a word that might speak into your circumstance that you will go, ah, Now I know why I'm here. I know why I'm in this workplace. I know why I'm living in this street. I know why I've got this family. I know why I've got that relationship with that person. Because God, you've asked me to bring the kingdom of God into that place. And I pray over this church, over this place called Elevate. And I say, Father God, reveal, release and, and fulfill the assignment that you have given this church through Mark, the leader, um, and those in leadership to fulfill the assignment that God has given it. In Jesus' name, amen.
We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love you to join us for one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information about our great Elevate Kids and Elevate Youth environments, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me, and also download our Elevate Church AU app.